0: Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury
1: with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan.
2: Hi there, and thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. I'm Mariah. I'm Aaron. And we're here today with uh, Chris Dietrich, who is one of our very first interviews. And we're so excited to have him here. We're quickly learning how many survivors there are out there right now and how many different stories there are. Chris's story is particularly inspiring. So we won't get in the way. We'll just jump right in. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank
0: you guys for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be great. And I'm the first one, so I've got to put up a good, start exactly (laughs) no pressure no pressure pressure. i'll try my best
2: so tell us a little bit about how you came to be a survivor
0: so i am chris everyone um i suffered a traumatic brain injury in a car accident on march 3rd 2008 i was a senior in high school i was uh i can't remember the injury itself but i was on my way to lunch i was speeding and my car flipped over and I ended up hitting the left side of my head and knocked, I was knocked out right away. And I spent three and a half weeks in a coma before graduating into a vegetative state for another few weeks. And then when I woke up, when I started to be able to register that I was alive and who I was and where I was, the right side of my body was paralyzed and um, it's been a story, it's been a journey ever since then, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, Does it ever end? Um, yeah. No, well, it's, yeah, we've embraced it, right? Right. So um, the big issues for me mentally at the start were my short-term memory was totally shot. So um, what my parents did, I in front of my hospital bed, I had a uh, a whiteboard with notes on it that my parents would write notes that uh, Chris today is whatever day uh, you suffered a traumatic brain injury on March 3rd, 2008, uh, this, that, whatever questions I would be asking them at the time that I would ask them over and over again and never remember mm-hmm. uh, that the, the answers were written on that whiteboard. So at least that's that such would,
2: a good solution. Yeah, it was <laughs> excellent. And then
0: at the bottom, of the board there was a message keep moving forward
2: Uh, and
0: um again that was the only thing i could i would go to therapy for an hour of ot and an hour of pt every day but other than that i would be laying in that therapy bed because mm -hmm. again i could not really do anything just waiting Mm -hmm. to get my food or whatever and then go to bed and then start up again um So that's what I saw, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And that's um, kind of what I, as my brain was redeveloping, that's how it was rewired, I guess, in a way. So that was 2008, and um, I was able to go to my senior prom. I set the goal to go to a senior prom. I was in a wheelchair, but I was able to stand up to at least take photos with my friends. And then two weeks later was high school graduation, And I had set the goal to surprise everyone by getting up out of my wheelchair. And there's a video online. I'm not certain if you guys, if I showed you that video of me walking. I think I saw it on one of your YouTubes. Yeah, of me me not really walking, but my dad holding up my right side in my 4 prong walking cane and slowly limping my way across the stage again i the my family we had set the goal and i had worked to achieve it and i did achieve it and so that kind of set the stage for my future you know Mm -hmm. um after getting out of inpatient therapy i started outpatient therapy right away every day i'd be going to therapy to continue to improve my cognition my short-term memory just regain my typical learning skills i was fortunate that I, everything started to come back relatively quickly for me when it came to uh, learning, when it came to what I was learning in high school prior to my injury and things like that. So it was predominantly physical goals that I was working to achieve. And after a year and a half of of outpatient therapy, I made it to college. The goal was to be able to go to University of Miami, the school that I had chosen that I was going to attend instead of staying close to home, which would have been much easier, of course, after my uh, physical and, and my brain injury such. I chose to go to Miami and I made it there in that August of 2009 without having to rely on a wheelchair or a cane. That was the
1: goal. Wow. wow. That's
0: and awesome. Thank you. I Looking back now, or even looking back, uh, being there, I had way overestimated my abilities. I had way underestimated the amount of, I guess, physical power, like what you would normally need at your freshman year or any years at college. You know, I uh, really, really, really struggled. It was very challenging walking from class to class in the humidity of the summer, late summer, yeah. <laughs> early fall in Miami, especially growing up in New Jersey, not having to deal with the same kind of humidity as a Miami summer. It was really tough. And then mentally, though I was not as affected what I would have thought, I was nowhere near as good of a student anymore. Okay. As I was in high school, you know, I went to Miami on a, on a big academic scholarship. I would did very well in high school prior to my injury. So I had never had to study. I never had to really, like I would read something quickly, but that was it. And I would know it, you know, but then after my injury, it was no longer like that. And it took a long time for me to realize that. When I would do the reading and then I would take the test, and I wouldn't get the same grades that I had gotten in, in high school. And I'm, I think that's a little bit of everyone. You know, high school is easier than colleges, but it took me a while to get accustomed to it. Um, must
2: have been frustrating. I'm speaking yeah. as an achiever here. Oh, and, incre- I mean, incredibly. Yeah. That. incredibly, yeah, and yeah, incredibly.
0: And then couple that with the fact it would be extremely challenging for me to walk to get to like a tutoring session or something when had to really plan everything out. Cause all this was happening when I was going to physical therapy twice a week off campus at a, you know, one of the reasons I chose Miami is because it's got a very good medical center in downtown. And so I had physical therapy set up to be going twice a week. And that wasn't that easy
2: Yeah, along with school cool. and things like
0: that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, we worked to make it happen. You know, I adapted. I learned how to ask people for help. Other students, I gained a great ability to approach people and ask the most random people, random um, requests, just asking people for help for anything. And people were willing to help. You know, I learned that when you are genuine and you really need help with something, it's better to ask someone rather than struggle to try to achieve it, and- uh, What
2: a great lesson.
0: I Yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. And- It's true,
2: I think, I mean, well, now it's COVID and we're all a little bit isolated, so who knows what yeah. we're learning now. But, but the sooner you learn a lesson like that, the it sort of reinforces the, um, the goodness in the world for you, yeah. I think. And I, I certainly had a, a similar experience. It just sort of reinforced for me that, there is good in everyone out there and you know, there's a lot of positivity in the world.
0: Oftentimes you have to just give people the opportunity to help you or to show you how to mm-hmm. show them how they could potentially help you. And most of the time, as, long as it's nothing crazy or too challenging there. People are naturally good, which is a very good lesson that I've learned over the course of my whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, I ended up graduating in four years. It was a struggle but I adapted again. I learned the importance of one, asking for help, two, uh, becoming friends with my professors that um, certainly got better grades and got more flexibility because I spent the time after class to talk to the professors, to show them, tell them who I actually was as a person rather than a a name in a grade book. So, Survived made it through the four years had a great love Miami fell in love with the city. I was able to live off campus and um, Enjoy it then I started working in I studied finance I got my degree in finance started working at a banking institution really didn't like it I was stuck in my own office. I needed more exposure I guess more things happening around me to stay focused so rather than continuing to stick the square peg into the circular hole i chose to go back to school to get my master's degree in hotel management um because one of the things after i developed the ability to ask people for help i learned how just to approach people in general to start conversations to make friends you know and it would be very valuable in the hotel industry In a guest service capacity or something of the sort where I'm getting to meet people, meet strangers and make them into my friends, make people feel welcome. It's what I really enjoyed to do. And I, what I was saying before I was studying Mandarin through high school before and into college. And I studied in Beijing during my college career. So I was um, able to use that to my advantage in the foreign um, hotel industry so 2016 uh 2000 end of 2015 i got my master's degree and a week later i was hired and sent to bangkok
2: so you just jumped right in
0: uh yes uh there were there there was was no doubt yeah that um yeah i i through college and through graduate school i studied abroad in beijing i worked in hong kong i studied in ecuador i knew that i wanted to be around the world it's um a big world and i ever since my injury i chose to push the limit a little bit mm. i do you think
2: maybe because um, of your injury
0: i do yeah there's no i was just going to bring that up one of the things about like what i was talking sorry i'm kind of skipping around i'm jumping around a bit but um, All right.
1: We're
0: good. I'm glad. Thanks. Um, just like I mentioned, when I graduated from college and I was working in the in an office in the finance field, uh, I was doing the same thing every day. And that's what my brain can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. I need the new exposure, the new experiences, things like that. So being overseas, being around meeting people, things like that, it um, made I had me feeling so much more fulfilled it was the, the feeling in my stomach like wow yeah i'm doing this despite my injury despite my experiences in the past i'm still able to do it and it was really it is still to this day very fulfilling it's great it's
2: awesome and that's aaron awesome. and i have right. talked a lot about how our brain injuries have lent a lot of perspective to our lives right. and i think one one of the obvious lessons is obvious to most people, I think, the people who you love, um, you know, they're the most important thing out there, but that's a really great lesson too is, or, you know, perspective is there's a lot of world to see and life is short and there's a lot to be embraced out there.
0: Yeah. And we're, it seems uh, that we're all fortunate enough to live life still. You know, that's the biggest thing for me that, um, waking up in a, waking up from a coma is being in a hospital bed paralyzed and then being able to experience the world now it means so much more exactly of the perspective that you're able to put on that that like yeah it's it's never enough i always want to do more and more and more because of where i was and now where i am today and it's fantastic so i've been i prior to the virus outbreak. I've been living in Bangkok since 2016. And it's, um, it was very, you know, it's really cool living there that you're able to travel all the time and be able to go to different places and to experience more of the world, to share with people more of my experiences and more of my perspective on life. Exactly that, that um, the feeling, the, the fun that you're able to have and the, what's the word, the pursuit of passion for life that's what it is it's a passion for life that that i wouldn't necessarily have had i not suffered my injury and worked so hard for these past 12 years to get where i am today and it's um it's great in the end
2: but probably not without struggle i mean we have each dealt with our own sort of you know ups and downs on our journeys um have you any words of wisdom for people struggling on the way? I mean, you talked a lot about goal setting in the very beginning of your yeah. story. It sounds like that was really important to you. It's, was that a help? Or
0: uh, yeah, There's no doubt. It's setting little goals or uh, in other um, talks, I've spoken to other survivors that it, that you have your end goal, what you're looking for, and then you set objectives. You set little things that are going to help you get to the end goal. And it's, um, using each little achievement, little success and letting it build up, continuing to let build a little avalanche to continue to gain confidence and pride. You know, I'm very confident in myself. And that's a big thing for recovering from any kind of an injury that, um, if I, if there's some, if there's a challenge still, you know, I still, I am still physically not 100%. I'm still, I still walk with a bit of a limp. It's getting better and better now, especially, but, um, i have those goals out there that i want to continue to improve in each little step you get there it helps to build so much confidence Mm. in me in in i'm certain that you guys have experienced something of the same that or if someone hasn't it's important to really concentrate on that to set the set a goal and then to see yourself improving little by little over time and So anytime you're struggling, you can look back and be like, oh, wow, look where I was and look at where I am today. Let me keep going. Let me keep moving forward.
1: It probably helps to filter out some of the noise too, I would think, because sometimes there's so many distractions. And I know, like for me, my effects have mostly been cognitive and distractions is a huge one. If I'm not paying attention, then I'm not there. I'm stuck somewhere else. So having that goal to constantly go back to that, I'm working towards this, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing
2: stay focused. Yes. Right. It must be so helpful. And actually, I think it's interesting, Chris, that you, you said little goals several times there. Um, something I know I've struggled with is like comparing myself now to pre brain injury and constantly, worrying about whether I'm achieving what I did before, whether I'm as good as I was before, or whether I'm remembering the things I was before. And we all talk about like the new normal and finding that. I don't love the new normal as a phrase, but I think that there is some truth to the new normal talk, and- but that little goal is achievable, right? It, you're not making yourself feel bad about yourself. You're making your by setting something unachievable or that would take a long time, those little goals seem to add up, right?
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. You know, I, my little tagline that I go by is keep moving forward. So um, that's exactly right. You set the little goal, even if you don't want to call it a goal, you call it an objective on the way to the goal, whatever name you want to call it. And as long as you focus on that, you, and you note when you reach it, because then you'll start to feel better about yourself. Oh, if I could do this, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I, again, my, most of my goals are physical goals now at this point. Um, mm. so like I take videos of myself all the time. If you see on my Instagram of me walking, of me practicing and improving and always just doing my best. And, um, i look back at the videos uh, years later you know i love the facebook flashbacks and stuff because it shows like this time three years ago in 2017 i was doing a very intense i was living in the hospital in beijing for three months doing an intense walking gait training program and so nowadays like every other day there's a new flashback from three years ago of a video i posted like oh my gosh, at the time thinking, oh my gosh, I'm doing so well. I'm walking so much better. And I look at it today and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. Like, that's what I was excited about compared mm-hmm. to looking at me now. And and it makes me so much more proud of myself. And it makes me want to continue moving forward to continue setting those little goals and to continue improving.
2: Yeah. It's a marathon, and so a sprint, right?
1: <laughs> Exactly. And it's interesting that you mentioned using social media because I see a lot of other people doing that as well. And Mm -hmm. it's a great way to be able to look back and see, you know, you were like this, but look at where you've come. Or maybe using a journal or, you know, what other other strategies could we use to keep track of those goals? It's so easy to get depressed and just forget about everything we've overcome. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. um, Yeah. For me, it's video for someone suffering more issues or cognitive having to improve cognitively or with their memory and things like that. It's um, the same thing. You just write notes, for example, or things like that, that, you know, for me, I can remember thinking back I can remember now, and I'm thinking back to 2008, 2009 when I was in the hospital and they would wheelchair me back. The nurses would wheelchair me back to my room after therapy and I would lay in the hospital bed and I would think about outside the room and I would forget what it looked like right outside the room I just came from. It would be, I would try to picture it in my head and it would be like a black hole. And um, that's like going from one extreme now to today where it's obviously much better. But it's even like um, after I've had an interaction with a, with a stranger, with someone I've met, and I can 10 minutes later or so, I recall their name. And I think back to like when I was in college and there's no way that would have happened,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: or when I, I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe I remember so-and-so's name. And it's not every time that I remember it, but I don't focus on the times I don't I focus on the positives.
2: Yeah. And I think we all sort of have to change our expectations of ourselves during the recovery process. And when I say recovery process, it's a long process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you definitely have to learn to change your expectations and be more, Kind to yourself, really. Yeah,
0: and and again, again exactly. Just to, uh, and when it doesn't use the use a feeling of disappointment or a feeling of being hurt as you have to be able to, or you it, it will benefit. It's benefited me greatly. Is being able to flip that feeling into motivation you know, the only way that I'm going to stop feeling that disappointment or the bad feeling of whatever the whatever it is that happened is by working to make it better, to go back to practice, go back to the gym, start doing more memory exercises, start doing whatever it is to move forward. Because any disappointment that I'm feeling, if I really take the time to let it hurt me, then I'm not moving forward.
2: Yeah, that's and, a good point. You know, and,
0: and you're not hurting anyone but yourself. And that's the you. Know, why do you want that? You don't want
2: that. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to get stuck in the mire. Um, I certainly had my own sort of issues. Um, they say people who suffer from brain injuries are far more susceptible to depression. And um, it's really easy when you're struggling with overcoming an injury like that. Um, to focus on the negative and get stuck in that mire instead Mm -hmm. of using it, like you're saying, as motivation to improve, keep going, keep moving Mm -hmm. forward.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's wrong of me to just say, oh yeah, just, just flip the disappointment into a good thing. Like it's an easy thing to do. Certainly I don't believe it's easy to do, but once you master it, I guess, once you really, get good at, you know, everyone's due, and everyone deserves their time to feel pain, whatever it is, feel disappointment. But in the end, it's only yourself that's being hurt. So it's up to each of us to be able to flip it. And as soon as you're able to flip it, again, it can serve as the greatest motivation.
1: Chris, you're so wise. you? Are. Oh, I mean, you really again, are. Is again, this my injury something was. Yeah. Innate,
0: thank you. Um, this, again, my injury was have, 12 years ago. It's been, it's been yeah. a long time since my injury. Um, no, I, I've got had great family support from the beginning. My father, especially. It's not. We don't have the. We don't have heart to heart talks like that. We just have the same um, mindset to keep going. To mm. what's the point of thinking back to what things were prior to our, prior to our injuries. I mean, it, it, in the end, it, it's a good goal. It's a good goal to get back to, Mm -hmm. but there's no reason to feel bad about ourselves because we're no longer what we were before. We have the opportunity to be better and better, the best yet.
2: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you're saying that Chris is wise. I completely agree. And I think it's, um, also kind of cool to listen to you because I'm only two years out from my yeah. brain injury. Aaron's just five four months. months, four five months <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to hear someone who has been through a lot years later, looking back on it, because I think certainly I struggled as I was recovering or am recovering it's even today it's like why did that happen to me what will i learn from it and i think the lessons sort of keep on coming and make you a better person maybe until you know forever <laughs> so
0: right yeah since i've been back here in march um and I haven't had a lot to do. I've had a lot of, a lot of free time to contemplate, to reflect on life. How's that? So I began, yeah, yeah. my beard, I think it's very dark now, but it's starting to turn a little bit white from the wiseness. <laughs> um, but I've connected with a lot of people on Instagram. And that's exactly in your range post injury where you're six months, you're just out of your injury, one year, two years, more in the acute, what I, I in the acute recovery phase where, um, all of our brains, uh, the beauty of, you guys have both heard the word neuroplasticity. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. And um, especially six months out, especially two years out, and even me at 12 and a half years now, I'm still experiencing improvement because I'm staying focused, you know? I mean, there are times when I was in college and graduate school in whatever country I was in where I wasn't able to focus purely on my physical recovery. And so I didn't necessarily experience improvements, but it's really very confident building for me still to be feeling myself improving so far into the so far after my injury, and that's what I've been able to connect with a lot of people who are in your stages, and that's exactly what I try to share: that hey, keep going, embrace, embrace. The embrace the journey is the is another phrase that I use, you know, that um, it's not the we didn't break a bone that's guaranteed to get fixed six months after six weeks or whatever. It's not going to heal as quickly, but we have the power and we have the control to continue to improve ourselves Mm -hmm. over time and to um, and that's a really good thing.
1: So what I'm hearing you say, Chris, and something that keeps coming up to mind, um, it takes a lot of persistence. And it sounds like you've had to do a lot of self-advocacy. You've been experiencing many different health systems and yet still getting treatment across the whole world. How did that go for you? Did you just know where to go? Did someone refer you? Did how does
0: that work? This is where my father, especially, has come in the biggest handy. Having a patient advocate is how we. He's mm-hmm. the he's the mm-hmm. lowest paid patient advocate in the world <laughs> in, the, in the world's history.
1: Are there <laughs> some that are paid? That
2: a lot, isn't it? Right. I
0: don't know, but um, that that has been the biggest help. You know that big thing. You know to just to try. How, how's that? You know anything that we see that could potentially help me we go for it you know and it has been in many different countries anywhere in the world whether it's physical recovery whether it's mental recovery anything that could potentially help me my dad will be looking it up my dad researches and just sometimes other people help as well you know i get recommendations from other people or just suggestions it doesn't always pan out but i always give it a chance mm-hmm. because being optimistic that's the other big word is staying optimistic and uh it goes hand in hand with what i would i I would consider it goes hand in hand with neuroplasticity because as long as you stay optimistic and you believe that everything you're trying and everything you're working on is going to work it's going to or it's going to help you improve in some way and it's continued that way for 12 years i um that time in Beijing, for example, when I was doing the walking therapy, um, I w- I went in there with the full expectation that I was going to be cured. Not really cured, but I was going to be walking better than ever before after that. And again, it didn't have the huge ram- the huge benefits that I had gone in expecting, and it was frustrating, but I certainly got better, and I continued to build off of that. And three, again, three years later, now, looking back at that, it motivates me even further now because of where I was and how happy I was or how I thought I was so far along. And now, like, now it's, that's like not really that good at all compared to where I am today. And it's um,
2: probably feels like it's way far in the rear view.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it was an experience that um, just, continue to build on the uh, long story and the long road. And it's a cool thing.
2: It's hard when you're in the middle of it to really recognize the progress being made.
0: Right. That. And it's the benefit of, um, for me taking the videos all the time and looking back. And again, I don't take the videos to um, purely for the reason of, Oh, I'll look back at this video in the future. I take the videos because I'm proud of myself because I'm confident yeah. in myself. I'm confident in how I'm doing. And again, that goes a long way in it too, that I continue to try because I believe in myself and I want to continue to improve. You know, I've got a vision of myself. When I, when I think of like, when I think of how I'm walking on the, on the road or whatever, I don't feel disabled. I don't feel like I have a limp in my walk. I don't feel like I handicapped or anything. I think it's like anyone who thinks of me that way, I just like, it's, silly of them because there's something that I can't do and there's nothing, but um, I, I'm constantly working for the the big feeling that I have of myself, the great self-confidence, the great self-confidence of myself. I want my feeling to match outside what everyone else feels too. What everyone else sees me, I want them to see the Person that I see inside, kind of thing. I I, I don't mean to be like all
2: cliche no, I, and mushy,
0: whatever. But no, um, we
2: love that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it came
0: <laughs> off a little bit like that. So anyone who watched yeah. this, no, I'm very manly, but um, <laughs> but you know that have
1: feelings too. You know, <laughs> yeah, right.
0: But you know, but I, we, I,
1: you love it. You do a very good job at portraying a very positive image. Um, you know, it, you're yeah. kind of contagious. Like I'm feeling better just yeah. by hearing yeah. you talk.
0: Good, wonderful. Yeah, I'm
2: curious to know: Have you ever had anyone ask you about your limp, and because they recognized it? Like I now, I didn't have any obvious physical um, sort of repercussions or you know ripple effects after my accident. But I now notice sometimes I see a limp, and I can recognize that it's a brain injury limp and not like a some other kind of limp. Um, Do you have you ever had anyone ask you about that or?
0: People, just, I mean, people will ask me a lot, and I prefer people ask me. But nothing about no one knows that it's like a brain injury kind of. Yeah, you know. I
2: just tell a really quick story. There's a guy who walks around our town. Yeah. Who he walks with his dog every single day, and I heard a story about him. He had been in a car accident, actually, mm-hmm. brain injury, and he has a limp because of his brain injury. And I had heard it years before my own brain injury, yeah. and I would see him during like the very early stages of my own recovery. And I would see him walking with his dog, with his limp, and I would be so inspired by him because I was not doing well (laughs) Um, after having just been being pummeled Mm -hmm. by a car. And I was like, if he can do what he's doing, I can survive, I can get through this too. Um, And so I hope you know that there are probably people who maybe don't want to say it to you, but you're probably inspiring people that you don't even know. Yeah, thank um, you.
0: That was what I so enjoyed about working in the hotel industry. Being, you know, I was the guest service manager at my hotel in Bangkok. And rather than stay upstairs in the executive offices like the, the predominantly was, I made my office the lobby of the hotel. One, because I, what I thought it was good for the hotel, but two, because I like to talk to people. That was the whole reason that I was getting into the industry in the first place, made the days go a lot faster than sitting in an office all day. And um, I was proud of myself because I told people a story, you know, I I told people my story when it was not what they were expecting necessarily when they go on their luxury vacation in a five-star Bangkok hotel, (laughs) But I added such another, what I, what I thought, I added such another element because I shared some of me with them. And that's exactly what it is. Because when people see me walking with whatever limp or anything, some people will recognize the tracheotomy that I have here. And I'll recognize that on other people too. That's what I do see. And so some people, people will ask me, oh, what happened? What's this? What's wrong? What happened to your leg? Because most people will think it's just a physical injury. Mm-hmm. I suffered no physical injuries. It's all from my brain and i think um, people
2: don't realize that that is a thing
0: yeah Yeah. and so i love to tell people my story because no one would ever expect the um uh, oh yeah that was from oh yeah i'm recovering from an injury when i was in a coma for a month in 2008 and i was paralyzed and i was in a wheelchair and then I was in uh, New Jersey, then I was in Miami, then I was in Hong Kong and Beijing and studying and doing everything, you know, so it ends up being a really good story that can exactly inspire people. Mm-hmm. I'm big on inspiration through action that um, I'd rather share. P- I'd, I, I like the idea. Have you heard the, the term aspirational? Mm-hmm. Where that's I what I like and what I like to share with people that. You know, most, a lot of people that I've connected with now that I'm here in, um, at home, all I'm doing is physical therapy stuff. Like that's predominantly what I'm posting, but in Bangkok, my life is really good there. And I like to post pictures, post videos, post stories of like real life, like fun life that, because I want a person six months out of their injury, two years out of their injury to see what. I'm able to accomplish 12 years down the road, see the life that I'm able to live. And I want people to be able to look at me and be like, wow, I, if, if he was where he was and look at him now, look what he's doing now. I can do that too.
2: Mm. I love that. I just wrote down oh, inspiration know. through action.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I that, did too. <laughs> it all
2: that, to really that's, that's, a,
0: a that, kind of way. Um, yeah, that people can, especially if they followed me all the way from back in 2008 to where it is today, where I've lived on my own in Thailand for the last four years and succeeding and like a real social life, real everything that um, it's possible. As long as we continue to set goals, to keep moving forward, to not let disappointment get to us, but to use disappointment to our distinct advantage to continue pushing forward to motivate to inspire ourselves over and over again, to be able to look back two weeks, one year ago and see where we were then, but look at where we are now and how proud we should be of ourselves. And that pride. Don't sit on the pride, don't be content with the pride, use that pride as further fuel to keep going forward.
2: That's awesome. And thank you, for, yeah, thank you for sharing your story yeah. so openly. I think that's really part of why Aaron and I started this podcast in the first place is the more stories like yours that we hear, yeah. the more inspired by each other we can be, the more we can fight through the tough times. Um, it's just, a, it's awesome, awesome to hear your yeah. perspective. on
0: Yeah, no, it's so again, you. it's great to share it. Thank you guys. It's, um, yeah, I really appreciate again, it. Again, I, like to motivate others because if i can do it you can do it too kind of thing like that you know it's a very that's a very simple way of putting it and not everyone is in the same situation and it's challenging but we all can live life fulfilled by following the at least in my opinion following the same kind of steps of setting goals and moving forward using when we feel bad disappointing feelings Use it to our advantage. And when we feel a good feeling, don't get content. Use that good Mm -hmm. feeling to make more good things and better and better things happen.
1: Also a good point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Chris, you've mentioned people following you. How could they follow you? Because I'm sure we're going to have people that want to be inspired by you more.
0: The best way now, I use my Instagram account to have people to share with people. And that's cd underscore worldwide. And from there, you can contact me. I'll be happy. I've, again, connected with a lot of people and I've been able to have very close conversations and video chatting and just emailing and sending messages back and forth that I would love to be able to help anybody that I can. And anyone who has more therapy ideas, more healing ideas, please share them with me as well. Any successes that anyone has experienced, because again, we're still continuing to move forward. No one's, I'm not perfect yet. I'm not back to the new normal. I, I don't like that term going through, going through this virus phase, just don't no new normal <laughs> junk yeah. at all, but um, to continue to improve both physically and cognitively, it can never end. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you've Thank gained you, two new
2: super fans today. Wonderful. Thank you so For spending the time
0: with us, we appreciate it. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit MakingHeadwayPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com.